Shalom, brothers and sisters. Welcome to another episode of the Magic Shul Bus. My name is Michael Colasanti. I'm a practitioner of high-dose psilocybin, LSD, and DMT. I am a Jew by choice, and I am traveling the United States in a school bus with my two dogs, seeking freedom, love, and transcendence. Please join us on this journey as we explore life, consciousness, divine creation, and everything in between. The aftermath of the half-ounce trip with Travis was a lot for me to deal with. The experience left me unsure as to whether or not I'd be able to venture back into the psychedelic state ever again. Witnessing my friend's descent into madness and possibly death, the rift it created between my dad and I, it was a lot to handle. However, in the days and weeks after May 5th, I worked through the trauma, I patched things up with my dad, and eventually found the strength and courage to begin dosing again. The landscape of the summer was littered with psilocybin mushroom doses in the 8 to 12 gram range. I continued to grow inside the trips and was really hitting my stride in learning how to harness and handle these experiences. I had my final high-dose LSD experience sometime in July of that year. I, I say final because the LSD was no longer resonating with my being, especially now that I could compare the experiences to that of high-dose psilocybin. I found the comedowns increasingly difficult on acid, and the post-trip mood was laden with depression and sadness. I just didn't feel at home with LSD any longer, and it didn't feel suitable as a vehicle to explore the cosmic divine at a shamanic level. I still occasionally take LSD, but only at lower doses. By the end of the summer of 2018, I had consumed around 70 grams of mushrooms. My experiences were numerous and profound, but I still had no real answers or direction to go off of. I was being pulled in different directions with regard to what these experiences meant. I was listening to a lot of Terence McKenna talks and was incorporating a lot of Terence's messages into the meaning of mind trips. I was also frequenting an earth-based community church that practiced a lot of love and light type messages that are common in psychedelic circles. But the truth is, I was still very lost and confused as to what these experiences meant. I had no trouble with the actual trip itself. But integration was difficult, and I was still at a point where I'd lacked the language to fully understand any of this. My first real breakthrough came in August of that year, and would be a foreshadow to the ultimate reveal, the truth of which would bring me to my knees. In early August 2018, I had reconnected with an old acquaintance from high school. She was very much into the earthy vibe, and we would talk about a variety of holistic practices and approaches toward health. She had asked me if I was familiar with something called aura photography. I, I had never heard of it. I looked it up, and it turns out it's a method of photography that aims to capture a person's mood through color that presents itself in an aura around the person. Sounded interesting. So I started looking in my area to see if there, there was anywhere where I could go and, and have one of these aura photographs taken. Sure enough, there was a place in downtown Detroit, not too far from where I lived. So I go on their website, I schedule an appointment, 
and on a Saturday afternoon, I showed up. When I went inside the studio, I was greeted by the owner, a sweet woman named Eileen. I told her I was there for my appointment. She said, great, make yourself comfortable. I'm going to get everything ready for the session. So I wandered around the studio. Uh, Connected to the studio, there was like a little record store, um, an area where they sold like vintage secondhand clothing and stuff like that. It was just kind of like a little like flea market type vibe. And then I noticed uh, on one of the walls, there was a series of artwork that was very psychedelic in nature. Now, the owner noticed I was looking at the artwork and she approached me to tell me that she was ready for the session, but she kind of like we made we started to make conversation about the artwork and I asked her about it and she said that it was DMT inspired. Now, I, I hadn't smoked DMT at this point yet, but I, I still I was aware of what it was. And I asked her, I said, I'm just curious, have you ever had someone come in for a session under the influence of mushrooms or LSD or, you know, some kind of psychedelic and had their photograph taken. Now, she told me that her and her friends had experimented with cannabis and doing before and after photos, you know, and kind of just gauging to see how the aura would change. But she, beyond that, she wasn't aware of anyone coming in under the influence of any other psychedelics and, and, and having their photograph taken. And at this point, I just couldn't help myself. I, I, had to, I had to inquire. I told her a little bit about myself that, you know, for the last few years, I had been experimenting at high doses with psilocybin and LSD. And I explained to her that if she were okay with it, I would be very interested, you know, to take a, take a healthy dose of mushrooms and, and come back. She smiled, said, you know, yeah, that sounds like a great idea. I'd be super interested in in doing that. Now, I still planned on having my photograph taken that day. It, it would be nice to have like a control on a variable, right? To see what my aura looks like straight and sober and clean and then come back, you know, and, and have it have it have my picture retaken. So I went in. She took my photograph. My aura came out. um it was very orange, yellow, orange, with some purple mixed in up at my crown. It was a cool picture. It was a cool picture for sure. You go into this little tent and they've got, uh, there's these like diodes, these, um, these like, it has a handprint on it. These two boxes um, that you, you place your hands on and it creates like a loop and, that, and then they snap your photo. And it's an actual Polaroid. It takes a few minutes for the image to come out. And then and then she sits down with you and there's a color chart and she kind of explains to you what all the co- different colors mean. But I left with my Polaroid, went home and started trying to arrange for a ride because there was obviously no way I was going to drive down there and do this. So uh, I called one of my close friends, um, which was kind of awkward because... The, the friend that I called was in recovery. Now, he didn't, he didn't have any experience with psychedelics or anything, but he was recovering from heroin and crack and stuff like that. But still, it was kind of weird because as I'm talking to him, his wife is in, the, is in the background, and I can hear him like pull the phone away, and he's like, 
the phone is muffled and I can hear him trying to explain. You know, she's like, well, why does he need a ride? And he's like, well, because he's going to take some mushrooms. And she's like, why do you, why is he asking you to do it? And there was kind of some weirdness. But anyway, he was cool. He agreed to do it. And so I, I called the, the studio and set up the appointment for the following day, which was a Sunday. Now, at this point, I'm just debating on how much I should take because I wanted to, I wanted to take a healthy enough dose where I'm like, I'm feeling it and it's, I didn't, I didn't want to take some, some little piddly dose, but I also obviously needed to be able to maintain my composure, walk, talk and function, you know, but I also am aware at this point after an entire summer of taking high doses that I can handle myself when, when most others can't. So I ended up settling on 10 grams. I felt like 10 grams was a nice, healthy dose, enough to where it's going to register, I'm going to feel it, but not so much that I can't walk, I can't talk, I can't communicate with the rest of the world. So Sunday rolls around. Um, I, I don't remember exactly what time the appointment was at. If I had to guess, I'd say it was probably somewhere around 4, maybe 5 o'clock in the, in the uh, afternoon. My buddy comes to pick me up and I wanted to make sure that I dosed right as I was walking out the door so that, you know, right around the time I got down there and got inside the studio, you know, um, I'd be peeking. That was kind of the rough idea. So I get my mushrooms powderized. I make my tea up. I slam the, the tea and out the door we go. Now, what I've noticed is that the more and more experienced I became with, with dosing and taking mushrooms, the faster I can feel it kick in. And during this particular experience, it wasn't more than 20 minutes and, and it started to hit. Now, something I need to address is the fact that this is the first time and the only time in which I have taken a dose like this in the daylight and I have left my house and been out in the world and let me tell you it's a completely different experience I mean it goes without saying but it's being on the highway and traveling at 70 miles an hour in the passenger seat and just experiencing the physics of being, you know, in an automobile, traveling at these speeds, going around corners and bends. Some of the things that really stood out to me uh, was how everything looked like it was in high definition. The entire world looked like it was in like 8K ultra high resolution. That is one of the very interesting phenomenons surrounding psilocybin is that it polishes it visually polishes everything. If you can handle it and you can and you can maintain your visual field, everything looks very crisp, very new, very sharp, very dynamic. Everything looks super ultra high definition to, to the point where it almost doesn't look real. It's so polished. It's, it's a very interesting phenomenon. But we got down to the studio and the truth of the matter is once we get once we got down there, the, the mushrooms were really starting to kick in hard. And once we got down there and parked, 
I actually wasn't ready to get out of the truck. I, I, I did not want to get out. I told my friend who was driving, I said, we, we just need to sit here for a couple minutes. Cause I just, I, I need a minute to like, to, you know, to get it together. This was a really, you know, I had taken half ounces. I had consistently all summer been taking eight, 10, 12 gram trips, you know, but, um, this was the first time that I'd ever done this during the day and then gone out into public. And again, this is a, this is a beautiful Sunday afternoon. People are out. We're in downtown Detroit. People are out walking around, you know, um, it, it was, this was totally different than sitting in my house in my living room you know, at 10 o'clock at night in the dark, this was a really, this was new for me. And again, you gotta understand too, walking on doses like this is for most people, it's incomprehensible. Most people would be on the ground, you know, borderline having a seizure, pissing and shitting themselves, screaming, crying, begging for mercy. Um, I, you know, I had to get out of the truck and walk into this photo studio, which I did. Eventually I worked up the courage got out of the truck and walked with grace inside this photo studio. And I'm, I'm peeking at this point. So I go into the studio. Now, again, I, I, inst- I told the owner what was going on. She knew, she knew that I was coming, that I was on mushrooms and she was there to greet me. And as soon as I came in, she seen me knew what was going on. And she was so cool. She was, Eileen was so delicate, so loving, so supportive And she brought me inside the the tent, the photo tent, got me set up, took my picture, and then guided me out to the seating area where she proceeded to kind of look at the photo with me and tell me what it meant and, and so on and so forth. At this point, I'm having a really hard time maintaining. I'll never forget, I was having very pronounced audio latency, auditory latency, So when she'd say things or when people would say things, there would be a a substantial delay and it would kind of echo. (laughs) And then looking at her, she had multiple sets of eyes, right? Like, like she had like two or three sets of eyes, like in her head. It it was, it was like almost like a trail of eyeballs. She had like six eyes. (laughs) It was, it was wild. But I just remember her asking me, like, she was like, What's it like? And I was just like, it's fucking crazy, man. (laughs) I'm just trying my hardest to just keep it all together, seriously. And my friend who's with me uh, has no experience with psilocybin or psychedelics. You know, he he can't relate. He's just there as the driver. So um, she hands me the Polaroid. I say, thank you very much. This has been an interesting experiment. My friend and I walk back to my to my vehicle. He gets in the driver's seat. I get in the passenger seat, and he drives me home. Now, this this is where the story takes a turn. Up to this point, I mean, it was, you know, I mean, I was tripping, but nothing I couldn't handle, nothing out of the ordinary. Even despite being during the day and 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 being out in the world, I could still handle myself. Everything was fine. But I get home. My buddy says this has been fun. You know, waves goodbye. He gets in his car and he goes home. So now I'm, I'm at home. I'm by myself and I go in the house. I sit on my couch and it's a strange sort of moment for me because again, I'd never done this during the day. I didn't really know what to do with myself after he dropped me off. I mean, I'm, 
90 or so minutes in at this point, maybe two hours. You know, I'm, I'm still tripping really hard. And I, you know, normally when I do this, it's in the evening. At this point, I go and lay down and, and lay down in my bed and I kind of start to wind down for the evening and, and prepare for sleep. But in this particular circumstance, it was like six o'clock in the evening. It was a beautiful August, late summer evening, sunny. It was a Sunday, so I can hear, you know, people are out and, and enjoying themselves and living life. But I was tripping really hard and I, I didn't, I just, I didn't know what to do with myself. So I'm sitting on the couch. I'm just like staring at the wall and I decided I felt really tired and I was just going to go and lay down in bed. There was nothing else to do at this point. So I walk down the hallway and I go into my bedroom and for some reason I close the dog gate behind me, leaving my two dogs outside of my bedroom. And I climb into bed. I was laying on my back and everything was okay for a minute, but I mean, I was tripping hard. This is the beginning. This is the moment where I started to realize that there was, you know, I've mentioned before that tripping, I, I, I became aware that there was divine intelligence, that there was intelligent design behind life, right? But I still had no real... I didn't know what that meant beyond that. But it was at this moment that things took a very pronounced shift. And it went from simply acknowledging intelligent design and, and cosmic divinity to embodying it and to feeling it and to living it. And still, when I talk about this story, it gives me goosebumps because it's still, it's it's a... It's a bizarre thing that happened, right? I, 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 there's no other way to explain this as just being a phenomenon. But I'm laying in bed, and I began to notice that I was really slowing down. My breathing was slowing down. Now, when you, when you take psychedelics and you trip at a high level, interacting with, with death and what feels like death is just, that's just, that's part of it. That's part of the routine. That's part of the experience. Dying, the dying process, eternality, it's, it's all a part of it. But on this particular occasion, I, I was feeling as though I were really on my way out. That this was more than just a spiritual death. I was shutting down. My heart was slowing down. I was barely breathing. And I was starting to go through like a death rattle. It was similar to what I was witnessing my friend Travis go through. Where like I, the life was leaving my body. My respiratory senses were, were slowing down and shutting down. And everything was so quiet. Everything was so quiet. But I could still hear life. It, it was a weird juxtaposition. And then... You know, like I said, it was about six o'clock, seven o'clock in the evening, and I could hear outside my window, I could hear the like children laughing and birds, and it and then I could see the sun slowly setting, and the rays, like the God rays were coming through my window. it It was something was was happening to me that had not yet occurred 
up to this point in my, my psychedelic experiences. And then it happened. I was laying there and something started to speak through me. I, I, I refer to this as glossolalia, even though I wasn't speaking in tongue, but something was speaking through me as a vessel, as a conduit. I'm laying on my back. My breathing is slowing down. And it was weird because my dogs were at my gate. They were at the gate to my bedroom and they were crying. Like they knew something was wrong or that there was some entity, some spiritual entity that was hovering in the room. And the dogs were sitting outside the gate and they were just whimpering. And, and I, I credit my dogs as being like the lifeline that held me in this life. Like I could hear them and it kept me grounded somewhat. But I'm laying on my back and all of a sudden my chest began to rise and this voice began to speak through me. And it said, Father, Father, I am ready. Father, I am ready. And the words came out of my mouth and I like it kind of it's it startled me because I didn't say that. You know, again, at this point, I had been taking LSD for years. I had taken doses that were higher than this psilocybin, higher, higher doses than this. And I had been doing this all summer. I was this was not my first day on the job. I was a seasoned veteran at this point with with regard to tripping. I was a, I was a psychonaut and I this was new to me. This had never happened. And I'm very well aware that when I'm tripping, like when I'm speaking, like I'm controlling my speech, it's me. But this was the first time where something was animating and, and using me as a conduit, as a vessel. And, and I wasn't controlling it. And then a few seconds later, it would start up again. My chest would rise and I would say, Father, Father, I am ready to receive you, Father. This, this totally fucking freaked me out. This totally freaked me out. I, I mean, I was, and you know, at, at the same time, all this is going on. I'm having, I'm having open eye visuals. You know, I'm seeing fractals. I'm seeing colors. I'm essentially seeing the cosmic architecture behind life. The sun's rays are coming through my window. I hear the laughter of children while simultaneously everything is eerily quiet and still I was having a spiritual moment Hashem was communicating with me and the strange thing is it didn't take me days weeks or months in retrospect to figure this out this was one of those situations where I knew right there in the moment that God was speaking to me was speaking through me and was getting my attention and this happened a few times you know, separated by a few seconds where my chest would rise and this, this spirit would speak through me. Father, Father, I am ready. I am ready to receive you, Father. Now, there was nothing that was outwardly, I mean, aside from what had just happened with the glossolalia, you know, I, visually there was no architecture or fractals or, or symbols or sacred geometry 
geometry, nothing that was so pronounced to me visually. Um, but the auditory, I, I'd never had anything like that happen before. And this was the first time that I came back from one of these experiences and I had to sit down because up to this point, I was acknowledging of, you know, intelligent design, cosmic divinity, that there is some force. You know, during this time, there was a lot of talk of the universe, the universe, the universe, the universe, you know. But I, I still gave no regard to conversation about monotheism, about God, Jesus Christ, you know, Judaism, you know, essentially the Abrahamic understanding of creation. And this was the first experience in my, in my two or three years at this point, this was the first time that I had to acknowledge that maybe there's something going on here. Maybe I overlooked certain aspects of the experiences. Maybe there is something to be looked into with regard to monotheistic creation you know, um, again, there was still, there was very little, uh, in the way of direction after this experience. I, I, I was very bewildered with regard to what had happened, but it started to turn my thinking around that just the language that was used with regard to the voice that was speaking through me, you know, father, son, it, it, it was, it was very strange. <laughs> The confirmation to all of this would still be a few months away as to what kind of what this was hinting at and what this meant, this, this disembodied voice speaking through me, but it got the wheels turning in my head and it started to kind of set me this, this particular experience, this 10 gram trip, uh, following my aura photography session, this particular circumstance kind of started to set the tone and the direction for where I'm, I'm currently at. This was the turning point for me and allowed me to start to understand life from the, you know, from the monotheistic understanding of creation. You know, and that's the thing about talking about psychedelic, your, your personal psychedelic experiences. It's, it's like talking about your dreams because you didn't have the experience. It, it probably doesn't sound all that, like all that big of a deal, but it was, again, it was a turning point for me because at the, I was very confused at this point. I was taking in influence from a lot of different directions, listening, listening to a lot of Terrence McKenna. And listen, I love McKenna. God bless McKenna. He's fascinating, but you know, he, it's, and he's fun. He's fun to listen to, but he goes a million different directions with, with, um, you know, he sits up there and he has fun. He plays with it. It's fun for him. And that's great. But if you, if you seek to find answers by listening to Terrence McKenna, you're going to be even probably even more confused than when you started, you know, and hanging around, um, with different like earth based you know, worship circles and sun worshipers and all this kind of stuff. I was very confused. And to be perfectly honest, up to this point, you know, especially within the, within the psychedelic experiences, you begin to kind of start to go through like self-worship. There's like this, you know, I am God sort of mentality that arises out of it. 
And, you, and it can become a very ego-driven thing, especially when you start taking higher doses and you realize like, hey, I can handle what most people can't. You start to really like trip over yourself and become overly un infatuated with yourself in a very unhealthy way. I was, you know, th this, this was the turning point for me. This was the turning point for me. And a few short months from this particular trip, I would have uh, an experience that would culminate 2018 and would essentially set the tone for who I am now. And that is a proud Jew. Baruch Hashem.